This, this, this is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 259. We are the Fight Disciples and this one is dedicated to the world of boxing. If you've only just come across us and you've decided to hit the subscribe button, thank you very much. Um, You can get us on iTunes uh, and all over social media. I just want to flag something up because we had quite a lot of support last week off the back of the uh, Fury Wilder uh, fight. And uh, last week's episode, episode 257, is our most listened to episode of all time. Fucking hell. Thank you very much uh, to the uh, to to you, if you've been with us since Dare Dot and supported Thank us. Thanks. Not you. You was in people listening. Oh, right, okay. This yeah. is a personal message to I, those people. I thought you were personally thanking me then for... No. Thank you to you for subscribing <laughs> to the show. It's award-winning stuff, this. If you've been with us since Dead Dot and you've been telling your pals about it, you've been, I don't know, maybe at a fight and mentioned something to your mates, listen, you need to get onto the Fight Disciples. We really, really appreciate it. And as well as that, it's come to light that there's some people who are in the public eye that also are Fight Disciples and that are in the team. Yeah. Um, Rob Prin- Beck. Rob Prince Beck- Philip. Prince Philip? Prince Philip's a Fight Disciple. Is he? Absolutely. Uh, Rob Beckett, comedian. Uh, I know you're listening, mate. So thank you very much for all your support that you've thrown our way on uh, on social media. T- to refer to us as two funny guys from an actual funny guy means a lot. So thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. And also those ones that are going stealth, right? So Rob's out there. He tells everybody he's a fight disciple. I'm cool with that. There's people going under the radar. People like Jamie Carragher, yep. who are retweeting and liking our stuff, but not commenting disciple. on the stuff. You know what I mean? He's a big fight disciple, he's Jamie Carragher. Thank you very much. Also this week, I found out that West Ham midfielder Declan Rice. Oh, right, okay. He is okay, also now. a fight disciple. He's, but he's going on the low down. He's going, he's going, maybe, I don't know, maybe Keeping he's, on the down maybe he's he? not confident enough to come out and just admit he's a fight disciple. I understand it's one of those things that you've got to broach with your pals and once yeah. you're out, you're out, mate. You know That's what I mean? It. There's no going back. Join the party, kid. So Declan, if you're Get on your way... West Ham socks out. That's it. If you're on your way to training, <laughs> whatever you're doing this morning, pal, listening to the show... Just get it out there, mate. I'll tag you in a tweet. All you've got to do is hit that retweet button. That's all you've got to do, mate. Hoarding ourselves. <laughs> That's all you've got to do. Now. You let them irons know, son, that we're coming. All right? <laughs> thank you very much anyway, mate, for being on board. And thank you very much uh, for being a part uh, of uh, this thing that we're attempting. And uh, last week, as I said, was our most listened to episode of all time. So we've got a lot to live up to this week, mate. Absol- Listen, speaking of socks, yeah. speaking of coming. Can we talk about Lomachenko now, or you want to ease into it? Save it. I'm fucking ready Listen, to blow me load here. Well, there'll be people that have obviously seen our chart position last week and thought, who are these fucking clowns? Let's get on it. And now they're going to be expecting something big. So what we've got to do is dish out a bit of foreplay early doors. Right, gotcha. Get them wet. I remember foreplay. You remember it? <laughs> I remember foreplay. Rather than wham, bam, thank your mum. <laughs> Give them a bit of foreplay now. Yeah. Get, get, get them wet. Gotcha. And then we'll let them wear a bit of Lomachenko. Lovely. Is that all right with you? Yeah, man, absolutely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start I don't remember by, how this used to work. I'm going to start by doing me Kel Brook, is what I'm going to be doing. All right, oh, Abby. Kel. What's he doing, Kel? Mate, I remember when Kel Brook used to slip shots and counter. Yeah. Now he just eats shots. Now he defends him with his face. What the fuck is going on? Mm. Mate, I'm just, I'm just sitting there watching it going, either this performance is to coax Amir Khan possum. to a fight. Is he possuming? Yeah. Is that what he's doing? He's like going, I'm going to be really shit and then hopefully Khan Dachin will sign. That's what I'm going to do. Look how finished I am. Look how finished I am. Look how washed up Come I and am. get some of this, Amir. Come and get these chocolate brownies, son. I'll even let you whack me on chin for free. 
He was in Christmas mode, mate. He was dressed as fucking Father Christmas, dishing out presents. Mate, the outfit was tremendous. Seasons of goodwill, sunshine. You're taking the piss. I know, exactly. His outfit was tremendous. I was like, he looks sensational. I was I had, the, I had the wife up. She was doing a bit of Christmas you shopping. You had the wife up? I had the wife up watching it with me. She was doing a bit of Christmas shopping. Mm. She looked up and she was like, what the hell has he got on? That's it. And I was like, it's Father Christmas, isn't it? The season of goodwill. Don't know what you're thinking, Jen. He's just ordered you one, love. You know exactly, what I mean? Christmas yeah, yeah. morning's boom, boom. He uh, it was very, very flat. Good at, under it. That's a good word. Flat's a good word. Yeah. He was flat. It was like he'd looked past him. It was like he was thinking, either that or he's gone. Yeah. Like I had people messaging me going, Kel Brooks gone. That's I it. I think he's it's gone. Over. Yeah. You think that's it? I just I just didn't see any anything there of the old Kel Brook. No head movements at all. His combination punches were very poor. His feet were slow. He just looked like he's he's gotten old to me. He looks like he looked battle hardened at once. And you know, flashback a couple of years prior to the Triple G mm. venture. Then he was the most avoided man in the welterweight division. He was the most dangerous man in the welterweight division. That's why he could never get a fight. But now he just looks like an accident waiting to happen. And as I say, either it was just him doing the ultimate fucking playing possum <laughs> to try and get Amir Khan. If it is, Kel, you've had a worldy man. I'm telling you, tell you. <laughs> absolutely. But you get seven or eight rounds in and I'm like, I'm sorry, Khan runs through you. Khan runs through Kel Brook. Mm. If Kel Brook turns like, well, listen, I don't think the Amir Khan fights ever. It's never happen. happening. It'll never happen because I think now Amir has, has already made his mind up to go and fight Terence Crawford. Otherwise, Amir would have been there on Saturday night. He'd mm. have been ready to go, especially after performance. It was his birthday, like though. It was Amir's birthday. True. He was True. In, you know, better things to be doing than going up to Sheffield to watch uh, Kel Brook defend punches with his face, isn't there? Yeah, against the guy that really should have been on the undercard defending his Commonwealth belt. Mm. I agree with you, though. I think we've said this maybe probably about a year ago now when all this was starting to come back into our lives, the Amir Khan, Kelbrook thing. Both of us just went, it ain't ever going to happen. Nope. There's just too much bullshit around it. Yep. It's just, if it's going to happen, it would have happened by now, in my opinion. Yep. This is Ricky Atten, Junior Witter, all over again. Um, Amir's going to dance off and go and fight Terence Crawford. Kelly's now mandatory for Jarrett Heard. If he turns up like that against Jarrett Heard, yep. that's it. It's the end of his career. Yeah, I think I think weighing in at ten ten or whatever he was as well was a bit of a statement to say I'm not really a super welterweight. Yeah, he needs to go back down to welterweight, but unfortunately, back down at welterweight, his options aren't there. It, this was to force an option to get a fight for the WBA super welterweight belt, but he doesn't last two minutes mm. against Jarrett Heard or one of the Charlos. He's too easy to hit, mm. and I never thought I'd say that about Kel Brook. But he, he just looks like he's gotten old now. He looks like the beaten down against Triple G, the beat down against Errol Spence just seems like it's taken his... And that was the other worrying thing about changing his corner. You know, he was with the same corner team for such a long time to suddenly change for this fight. I know they said it was because calendars didn't mix and he wanted to be in Fort Aventura. And obviously, you know, there was other Dominic had other things going on in mm. Sheffield, other fighters to train. So it made sense for that to happen. But for me, it hasn't moved Kel forward at all. I expected to see something slightly different, but instead, and I didn't think the corner team advice was that great either, not to beat up on the new corner team, but there was nothing they were kind of saying in there. In fact, I think at times they were lying in there saying he was doing well, and he wasn't. It was glaringly obvious. This is a Kel Brook fight, and I'm flicking on TV. I'm like, wait a minute, what time's the UFC starting? Okay, oh, oh shit, better get Lama ready and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is the middle of the fight. Like there was no, oh, Kel's going to blow him away any second. He's just going to turn up to... There was none of that. And it was, a, it was a good card as well. To be honest with you, after a performance like that, never mind Amir Khan, every single super welterweight and welterweight in the UK, British, 
should be calling for Kel Brook, should he's... be screaming from the rooftops mm. because he's a scalp now that is right there in front of them all. No, I'd agree. Um, speaking of um, people in that weight category that were on the card, Anthony was on there. Fowler, yeah. Uh, what do you make of that? You can only beat what's in front of you. Absolutely. And listen, prior to the fight, I know he was a TBA until like fucking Thursday night. We had Anthony on the Radio City show last week and you know we recorded that late Tuesday afternoon and he was he was still saying to me, I can't go official because it could be this guy, this guy or this guy. There were still three names that they were kind of pushing around. They obviously eventually they settled on this Argentinian, but Everyone's kind of going. Oh, he went. He went a couple of rounds with Mungia, and Mungia's been a killer. But he also beat that uh, Jorge Paez, mm. who's a top contender. So, or he'd been there and done it. So, on paper, it was like, yeah, sound. That's a, if you're going to bring in a last minute TBA, he's he's legit. But then when Anthony absolutely blows him away inside one round with an incredible body shot, and I maintain them them body shots to the solar plexus like that, them fucking hooks come up or cuts to the to the solar plexus, they're going to drop any man. It's just the fact that he did it in the... If you've done that in the sixth round, after five competitive rounds, people would be going, fuck me, Fowler's legit. But he landed it in the first round before we even got to see what Paz was bringing to the table. Mm. So your immediately reaction is, oh, fucking hell, some bum they brought in last minute. Well, that's it. The good that's news not fair. No, it isn't. But the good news is now is that we won't have to put up with that anymore because they've come out and they've said, right, we're going to do Fitzgerald and we're going to do Cheeseman. You know yeah. what I mean? It's going to happen in uh, at the start of 2019. He needs it. He's desperate for it. And he's desperate for it himself, and he's chomping yeah. at the bit. He wants that challenge. He wants to get in with these lads and do bits with him, doesn't he? So I'm guessing the Fitzgerald fight will be for the vacant Commonwealth belt because mm. they, they've got Zarafa at the top of the bill to give up the Commonwealth belt instead of defending it against Fowler to fight Kel Brook in a world title eliminator. <laughs> But then they couldn't get an opponent for the vacant Commonwealth belt for Fowler for this event. Hence the reason why they brought in some mad Argentine. It's a shame it wasn't a Frank Warren show because regardless of him being Argentinian, they still made it for the Commonwealth belt with yeah. Frank, you know what he's like. <laughs> so I think Fowler versus Fitzgerald will hopefully be for the Commonwealth title belt mm. in March. Mm. And then as you say, Cheeseman then is, is kind of waiting for the win. Every one of them's line. a great fight. Yeah, stand and bang types. But listen, two weeks ago as well on the Liverpool show, we had JJ Metcalf in, and he's a super welter, desperate. He's had fucking twice as many fights as Fowler, and he's desperate to get in this mix. You know, it's I know he's signed with Frank. Unfortunately, it's politics. He'll keep him away from it. But there's mm. a fucking great fight there down the line. But I'll tell you what, if I was JJ Metcalf, I'd be calling for Kel Brook. Mm. I think Liam Smith should be calling for fucking Kel Brook as well, because mm. it's a big scalp. Is uh, was uh, John O'Carroll lucky? Very lucky. Massively lucky, wasn't he? I was watching this through, obviously doing a radio show at the same time. Yeah. And I generously scored it 7-5 towards uh, the French fella. Yeah. But I've seen other people saying that it were 8-4. Yeah, maybe. Even wider. That's what I had it, yeah. Did you? I give Carroll... It, it looked competitive. From what I was watching, it looked yeah. really competitive. Well, Carroll's game, isn't he? So he will always make it competitive because he just, you know, mini Leonidas, he just walks forward, doesn't he, with that little beard and just fucking... That little beard? He's a well, fucking monster, beard, mate. Yeah. He just walks... He's going to be a wicked father Christmas in years to come, that lad. <laughs> Isn't he? Isn't he? When he gets when he gets to a certain age, he's going to be mint. He's going to make a few quid down at Selfridges. That lad. He will always be in good fights, but this is not the first fight that John o- John O'Carroll's been in that I thought he's lost. That he's got a decision from. Obviously, mm. this was a draw this time. I personally thought he lost every single round against John Quigley, but got dropped twice. Uh, sorry, he dropped, he dropped Quigley twice. twice. Yeah. And for me, they were the only rounds that John O'Carroll won, but John O'Carroll got a decision on that night. So yeah. it's uh, 
he, he is. He he's does a, get. He's a nice lad, though, isn't he? Oh, listen, he's and he's lad. got it. He's got it as well. You know, when he's walking into the arena, he's fucking doing high kicks and all that, and he's he's a massive personality. So I get why he's getting these opportunities. Hang on. He came in, mate, to the fucking Lion King. Absolutely, right? he's all right in my book, sunshine. Mate, anyone that walks into a Disney soundtrack. <laughs> Deserves a fucking clap on the back. There hasn't been many of them over the years, has there? No. Disney soundtracks to walk into. Mm. Wow. But yeah, he was incredibly lucky. Do you know what? I don't even call it incredibly lucky. I was more gutted for the for the French kid. How funny was that? Like, Fuck's sake. I know. Listen, right? We're supposed to obviously portray this sport in a professional manner, but it would piss funny watching him kick off at the end, weren't it? The French kid. Uh, Did you not like it? Not I'm, for me, because I no, th- you know, I'm I found fucking... it. I found it hilarious, mate. Yeah, but I'm not a. Exeter, you're a Brexiter, so that's what it is. You, you don't want to be. You don't care about the French people paying over the odds for petrol prices or whatever it is. I do. I'm very much a European. You know what I mean? So maybe that's what it is. Just showing up, put our cards on the table there, haven't we? Here we have. Hey, by the Reece, way, I'm Mogg over there. By the way, I am not Reese Mogg. Can you imagine me as Reese Mogg giving it the big one? Because actually, yeah. Could actually. Listen, let's uh, let's just address Josh Kelly not fighting as well, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Massively disappointing. R- right. The weird thing about it is, is that they've asked to have the bout reduced in rounds from 12 to 10, right? That's the weird thing. If it was just straightforward, listen, mate, I'm ill, I can't make it. We just go, sweet, you don't fight when you're... Yeah. Uh, such a massive fight like this, when you're taking on David Avencian, a former uh, holder world of a champion. version of a world champion. Yeah, of course. This is a major test for Josh. You don't want to go in there half-assed. You need to go in there 100%. So if yeah. he's ill, legit ill, and he's pulled out the fight, Sound. we go, okay, rearrange it. We'll come again in January, February. Job done, mate, right? But the fact that they've gone and said, right, okay, um, can we get this reduced to 10 rounds? And then when that's been refused, to then go, right, we're not fighting then. Yeah. That, Weird. Don't, it don't sit right, mate. And no. you can understand why there's loads of people on social media going, he's bottled it. What's the fucking score? What's the score with that? Now, I personally don't think Josh has bottled it. We've met him; he's a good kid, yeah. and I think he's right up for the challenge. But just that tiny bit of narrative that added to him pulling out the fight it does create a doubt. Of course, because if you're sick, and don't forget, on a Thursday morning at the press conference, the Thursday lunchtime, whatever, when asked the, the question, he said, "I'm fresh as fuck. I can't wait." You know, Josh was up for it. Now. Don't get me wrong, a bug can come on in 24 yeah, course, hours. We've all course. been there, of course it can. Maybe he's, he's he said he got weighed in on Friday, but he just felt You've wrong. had a few of them 24-hour bugs, haven't you? Absolutely. Do you remember that time when you threw up on the show? Oh, yeah. That's a good one, that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Go back. About six months ago, he turned up for work and threw up in the middle of the show. That's why we win awards on here. Day after case, Father's Day. Just in case you're brand spanking new to the show, that's Absolutely, it. Absolutely, That's yeah. why they dished it out. They felt Puke, sorry for us. Puked alive on air. <laughs> um, but I feel, I feel for the Ventians team because obviously... They took the fight and were like, we're fucking off for this. Well, we're gonna... I'd spoken to them and they said to me, they've bitten off more than you can chew. They think David's washed up because mm. he's lost, since he lost his world title, he's lost them. But I'm telling you now, we're off for this. We're ready. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to take it to him. And I don't know whether... So then you're starting to think, has Kelly gone nose to nose with him at the scales? Has Kelly not been as diligent, not trained for this like a world title, like like he should have done. Yeah. You fight a former world champion, you better be fucking ready for a world title fight because if that kid turns up on his A game mm. and you always prepare for someone on their A game, you better be ready to win a world title on that night. And maybe mm. he's turned up, he's not been ready to win a world title, he's not been 100%, maybe the camp wasn't 100%, he's looked at events here and in the eyes, seen this kid's fucking here to win a world title. Shit, wait a minute, I know from my 10-week camp, we haven't even done 12-round spars, we haven't trying to play devil's advocate here but it just you're right it's fishy that they said fuck 12 let's do 10 that that's not someone who's sick someone who's sick either goes and i was all goes you know that's what it. 
this kid's going to struggle to do six rounds. I know that's not your thing, but to say let's do 10, that just makes me think maybe his cardio isn't there. Then maybe you think we can get through 10 rounds. But the championship distance, that's when he might catch up with us because he looks fit as fuck. He looks game as fuck. Yeah. And we know we're not quite ready for 12 rounds yet. Shit, let's... Listen, the kid's got all the talent in the world and we t- both truly believe he's a future world champion. And I don't want to pour fucking shade on him because this is the first time anything like this has ever happened. Mm. However, you've got to look at it from both corners. A Vencian team took a fight against a relative novice, a former world champion. They took it out of good faith to go, you know what? Big Bill, live on Sky Sports, yeah, go on. former world champion. We will have it because we know the profile of this gets us closer back to being a world champion again. They've took it for that. Not for the money. Guys fucking fought Shane Mosley in America, won the world title belt, defended it. The guy's seen money before. They've took this for the Brit, for the Sky Sports live cameras profile of it all to go, yeah, go on, put us in with the novice, watch what happens. And for Team Kelly now, it's just weird. It's mm. weird. It doesn't sit right. And the only way I think now, the only way Team Kelly kind of redeem themselves is that the fight is rescheduled for the new year mm. and definitely still. I think it ahead. will be. I think it will be. But I think now f- he's got he's got to win it now, hasn't he? Of course, we well, had to win it anyway. But now, yeah, but if more he, so than ever. If he, if he goes in against David Avencian and Avencian beats him, we go, all right, yeah, Sam, he's not ready yet. Yeah, yeah. But now because of this narrative, yeah, I think he needs to win it, win it more. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. then you start going, oh, so yeah. first time around. Your ass went. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It might not have gone, but that's no. what people say anyway, you know absolutely, what I mean? And you throw course. enough mud, it sticks. Exactly. And speaking about not preparing, there's a there must be a case of uh, interviews with me on this show. Um, if you do um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and I encourage you to do it. Everybody that I've interviewed recently has been beaten. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't bode well for Rocky Field in this weekend. No offence, Rock. Um, obviously... Isaac Dogby was on the show recently. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, didn't I interview Rock though? Yeah, you were with me actually, yeah. So that might change the dynamic. So a if it's bit. an individual one, so Jimmy Manor were at weekend. Yeah. Isaac Dogby. Starched. Dogby. So, so you actually was with up. me when it were Rocky Fielding. That's, hopefully that changes the dynamic. It won't, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that later on. Hopefully. Um, and I'm, the reason why I bring that up is because I wanted to bring up Isaac Dogbit. And you mentioned before regarding not preparing for world title fights. You know what I mean? He is the world champion. He was going yep. into this fight with Navarrete. And we said on the show last week, didn't we? We sat here and said, listen, don't overlook this lad. He's whacked out 22 or 25. He can proper punch. Proper. Don't get me wrong. Isaac, on paper, is a better boxer and he needs to be razor, razor sharp because if he gets caught down the pipe by this kid, it could cause him an awful lot of problems. And I'll tell you something, fair play, Navarrete. You took your opportunity. You saw that maybe he wasn't right at it and bang, you're in the new world champ. Absolutely. Um, a learning curve here for uh, Isaac, no question. Yeah, I think there's a few things that Isaac needs to go back and have a think about now. And the first and foremost, obviously, is, is, is preparation for this fight to... For in your post-fight speech straight away to go, I need to learn from this and realise that you know I've underestimated him and blah, blah, straight away. So kind of what I was alluding to then with Kelly, you've gone into this fight and in your heart of hearts, you know you haven't done everything. You know you haven't done oh, you're looking at 100% I think he's or looking at, elsewhere. He's looking elsewhere. That's what well, he's doing. Once this is out the way, I've got that. I want them to chase this. And you know in the interview afterwards, I'm going to say this. That's what he's doing. Do that. That's what he's done. But you can't do it when you're fighting against your, especially your number one contender. It's a world title. Never mind. The kid's coming else. for the title. Of course. course. Remember the fucking who was the kid that uh, James the Gale called up? Truax, mm. number fifteen in the rankings. 
you know, and he, he picked him to go, beat you up, and then I fight the winner of George Groves versus Carl Smith. Blows up in your face. You can't do it. Mm. You've got to, at this level, you've got to be a hundred percent in. And Isaac, unfortunately, clearly in his post fight, admitted he wasn't a hundred percent in. That's the first issue. And Barry Jones on 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 uh, Box Nation's coverage as well mentioned the fact that when you become a champion, your world changes as well. You know, you pull from pillar to post. He was fucking. He actually was mixing with Prince Charles, wasn't he? Isaac yeah, yeah, yeah. and all his shit. He's not training like he was. It was just him and his dad, fucking in London, in Switzerland, in all mad places, fucking. And it was just them two. But now, because Isaac was a world champion, it's like, oh, where's the champ? It's like the Rocky syndrome, innit? If you fucking go and train in a five-star hotel with so showgirls around mate. and all that, That's it. you ain't going to work as hard as being the spitting sawdust, fucking, you know, carrying Mickey round on your shoulders. That's just the way it is. Mm. So Isaac's got to go away and readdress that. He's got, he needs a base. Can't just keep fucking, I'm in, I'm in Accra, I'm in London, I'm in Switzerland, I'm here, and I'm in America. Like, he needs a base for them to be at. Mm. And thirdly, Looking at Navarrete at the weekend, who admittedly is a massive super bantamweight. He's massive. Fucking look, huge. Just look, wait. Look, the weight, look at least weight, one weight division yeah, above. Man. But Isaac's fleshy. Mm. I know he's solid. I know he's built like a little brick shithouse, but he's fleshy, which means for me he can do bantamweight. Mm. And I think he, if he goes down to bantamweight, then he's he stopped giving away an advantage. Now, I know it's easy... It's weird to say that because he's been a world champion. He was world champion up until Saturday. So you can't argue he's in the wrong weight class. But clearly he's at a disadvantage with reach. His fitness wasn't as good as Navarrete. Mm. Which, you know, usually if you can kind of just find someone's right weight class when they're at their optimal fitness, optimal strength, size, everything else. I just think Isaac now should potentially look at a, a shot down at bantamweight. Mm. Or at least moving down, getting a little bit of that puppy weight off him. Because he could be a completely different animal again down at bantamweight. Mm. It was such. It was so disappointing because you know watching your interview with him and obviously he's a lovable kid. Exactly. He's got the personality. Got yeah. The whole Neho thing and everything else. The whole royalty. The back. The backstory. Everything else. And just seeing him and his him, his father's relationship together. You can't not be in love with that little story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't not want him to be a champion of Isaac Dogbay. You want them to win. Mm-hmm. So to see this, they've got to go away. But all our fears. One round in at the weekend, all our fears came true, and I was like, Navarrete is that good. Mm. He's that good. And the thing was, kids never fought out of Mexico, everything else, but fuck me, he was a monster, wasn't he? Mm. He was an absolute monster. Mm. Every shot he threw was to knock out mm. Isaac, every single shot, pretty much for, for the best part of nine rounds. And then he was strong again down the stretch. Yeah, he was. Big, long arms, whack like a fucking freight train. Isaac just proved he had an incredible chin. Incredible division as well, because obviously at the start of the year, Jesse Magdalena was the champion. Isaac took it off him, and now we've got this kid. Yeah. And there's obviously other champions uh, that are worth not Ray Vargas and the like. It's a proper competitive division, is it? It's Superman, mate. It's really, really good, mate. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did get right, by the way, yeah. um, Tia Lopez. <laughs> Special limiting. Choo choo! Timber! That's knockout of the year, mate. He's on knockout of the year duty. We're going to be doing our Christmas special show soon, and he's in. He's in for knockout of the year. That was absolutely right on the whiskers, wasn't it? Absolutely tremendous. Tremendous performance. And And the uh, celebrations. You love a a backflip celebration, don't you? you know, don't we all? We all do that when we're drunk, don't we? (laughs) We all love a little backflip every now and again. It's just the way he picked the shot. You know, he's heavy-handed. He knows he's heavy-handed. He knows if he catches you right. But having that confidence as well, mm. that swag just to go, boom, here we go. First exchange, good night. Ta-da, kid. And 
I love a face plant knockout. Fuck yeah. They're good, aren't they? Of course. We do, listen, we go crazy for a, a body, body shot, shot knockout, but a face plant knockout, that's special. Yeah. A, can- is, a canvas liquor. There you go. Tia Fuimor, welcome to the t- team, mate. And thank you very much for everybody tagging um, me and Fight Disciples in tweets to Tia Fimo, just to let him know yep. that we know. All right? We're, we're on the bus. We're, we're driving the bus. We're coming, son. We're coming. Right, go on. Get your sock out. It's all yours. Oh. Was he that good? I thought he was excellent. Dear. Uh, do you know what? I thought Pedraza was brilliant. He was outstanding. I thought Ho- Jose Pedraza was absolutely brilliant. That's the best he, Pedraza I've ever seen. Absolutely. I think he surprised us all because, you know, obviously we've seen him fight before, of course. We've seen him fight uh, Stephen Smith when he defended his world title belt. We've seen him lose against Javonta Davis. He got battered against Javonta Davis. He did, absolutely. Um, but he's moved up here. And I just, I just think when anyone fights Loma, it's always about how is Lomachenko going to do it? How is he going to fucking finish this guy? What rounds it's going to be? It's all about Lomachenko. And I think a lot of opponents, you know, look down through Lomachenko's record at the world champions he's fought before. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got, you include fucking Linares and Rigondo, superstars. And I think they all get in there and go, I've got a plan. My plan is to be the best me to beat you. Mm. And I think this time Pedraza went, I'm going to be you Yes. to beat you. Yes. And that's what fucking, I think that caught Lomachenko out a little His bit. His lateral movement was outstanding, man. Un- incredible. Incre- I think Pedraza's team deserves so much credit for going, okay. Tonight, Matthew, the- I'm going to be Vasil Lomachenko. Exactly. I think all these previous opponents have gone, the best me beats the best Lomachenko. It fucking doesn't. Because the way Lomachenko fights, the movement is unreal. And the he- everything about him, you-, you can't, you can't, there's no... That's like the best way to fight on, on paper, textbook. Loads of lateral movement, great footwork, power punch combinations, everything. So I think with Pedraza, Pedraza's gone, okay, let's try and do that. Let's try and recreate what he does. And I think that's what caught Lomachenko out. Yeah, I think, you know, they were in the... Well, let me just say, I thought the Box Nation commentary was very good. Mm. Obviously, Who was on it? Lillis was on it, uh, Barry Jones was on it, yeah. and obviously Standard fucking you know, Big Mouth himself, Stevie Bunsen was on it. And they all sound, like we know them personally, Dick, and I think they do a fucking great Barry's job. Brilliant. Barry's brilliant at picking a fight. And I think it was Barry the way he broke it down, basically saying that, uh, you know, the thing with Lomachenko is people get caught out by his tempo and by his rhythm. And you can't, once, you can't, once he gets into his rhythm, you're fucked. He said, but what Pedraza did is, he found Lomachenko's rhythm before Lomachenko found his rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were dancing off the same song sheet a little bit. So he was having success. Now, I need to talk about ESPN's cover, ESPN's commentary because they're a fucking joke. They were absolutely shit. I wanted to turn the telly, the, the mute the telly at one point because I thought they were shocking for Isaac Dogbe. They were, the stuff they were saying about Dogbe was fucking outrageous. Like need to be pulled out all this other kind of stuff it was just terrible but they were they were knocking him down from the first bell and then I thought in Lomachenko they was they were, oh it was just like oh Pedraza's doing this oh Pedraza's doing that and I'm like that never landed he caught that on his gloves and like so fight disciples were coming at me going oh Nick your boy's losing and I'm like are you fucking shitting me mm. he's about six rounds fucking ahead mm. watch everything Pedraza most of the stuff Pedraza's throwing he's catching on his gloves Yes, he had success with the right. I give Pedraza about four rounds, and I think a lot, even a lot, some of them rounds were close. Don't get me wrong. I thought Pedraza was brilliant. I didn't think Lomachenko was shit. I thought Pedraza was brilliant. No, I thought that Lomachenko. I think Pedraza started fast. I think Lomachenko, with that shoulder injury, probably started a little bit pedestrian for what we've seen previously. Mm-hmm. However, 
that, you know, when once we got eight to nine rounds, I was like, Pedraza clearly needs a knockout, clearly needs a fucking huge round. Mm. But it was amazing the way I felt like people going, oh, is, is this close? Is this close? I feel like that got fed to Lomachenko's corner and Lomachenko's half fella just went, just go out there, son. Put your foot down. Just rubber stamp this win for fuck's sake. The 11th round is Unreal. a thing of beauty. Unreal. The 11th round is is the most one-sided round that I've seen for such a long exactly. period of time and somebody not be pulled out of the fight. Yeah. He absolutely. Had, it was punch bag shit. It yeah. was just absolutely just running around him, yeah. banging the living daylights out of him. Obviously, put him down twice with two absolute killer punches. Like hundreds shots. of punches or something he threw in that round. Mate. Fucking hundreds of punches. Yeah, it was crazy, man. All just pounding off Pedraza's chin. And I think if he does that in how, how inside six, Pedraza's Pedra- team pull him out. I well, think it was yeah. only the fact that it was down the stretch. Pedraza had done well for the fight. It was competitive, mm. even though Loma was miles ahead. I think that's the only reason Pedraza's team left him in there. But I just think that's Loma, that's Loma's class shining through where he's like, all right, let me just fucking put the rubber stamp on this. And he did go for the finish and credit for Pedraza for staying on his feet. Mm. And I think in the in the 12th round, Lomachenko was a bit like, come on then. Give it me. Yeah, it was like, come on then, you've done what, you've survived my big onslaught, so come on, let, let's let's do the, he never, he never went for the finish in the 12th. I feel like that was like saying to Pedraza, well fucking done. good on you. It's been a good fight. Because don't forget, I know that sounds a little bit patronising, but Lomachenko... He's had five lads pull out on him. Exactly. He fights world champions and they quit on him. He is no Maschenko. So I think Pedraza going the distance with him, I think Lomachenko was like, yeah, fucking you deserve. We deserve to go the distance. You've done brilliantly. Mm. But before the knockdowns, he was a miles ahead anyway. And I think that was proven in the judges' scores. Don't get me wrong. I think one judge out of it, 119, 107. Bit wide. I think that's a bit fucking harsh on Pedraza. That's that's not the tail of the fight. No. For me, I gave Pedraza four rounds. Four rounds to eight, but then obviously there was a the double knockdown in, yeah, yeah. in, the, in the 11th anyway, mm. so... Uh, onwards and upwards for Lomachenko. We've got to wait for Mikey Garcia, sadly, because he's kind of tied up with uh, Errol Spence. But that's the fight that we want, isn't it? We want Lomachenko. We want M- Mikey Garcia at 135 pounds. That's exactly what we want to see. And fingers crossed we get that in 2019 as we do our... Uh, already, uh, though, can you see how big Pedraza looked compared to Lomachenko? Yeah. I think already, this is not Lomachenko's optimal weight division. No, it isn't. I think super featherweight is probably his it's prime the location. 130 pounds yeah, is yeah. where he should be at. Yeah, he's yeah. fighting at 135, and it's quite evident that he's... I mean, even when he fought Linares, he was the smaller yeah. guy in that particular fight, and you just thought to yourself, oh, me, man. Yeah. Fair play to you, you got balls of steel. But he's going there for the challenge, because at 130, it's too easy for him. He's kind of mm-hmm. giving himself a disadvantage to give himself some competition, I suppose, of course, isn't it? to make it competitive. Mm. Um, hopefully in uh, 2019, we will get to see uh, him in with uh, Mikey Garcia. That, 2019. What did I say? 18. Did I? I apologise. <laughs> did I? I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck are you on? <laughs> I think so. But it wouldn't surprise me if Loma did go, okay, let's do the super lightweight then, Mikey Garcia. Because Garcia going up to welterweight doesn't suggest that he's ever going to come back down to, to lightweight. Mm. But then, isn't that part of the plan anyway? That physically grows bigger than Lomachenko, so when it does happen, he's got to boil down to super lightweight, knowing that Lomachenko... Walk, probably walks around that super lightweight. Isn't that part of Mikey Garcia's grandioso plan? Uh, come on. Fight at welterweight. Oh, no, I thought you were going to call him a shithouse again like you did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Mikey Garcia steps up to take on Errol Spence Jr. and he calls him a shithouse for running away from <laughs> Lomachenko. <laughs> yeah, but people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Um, just a quick one before we move on to this week's fights. Uh, on Friday, you will have seen that the WBC have given the thumbs up to the rematch between Wilder and Fury. That doesn't mean that we're having it yet. Nope. We're miles away from it. 
But what it does mean is that the WBC are on board, rather than them sanctioning what Dominic you Brazil. Now? What do you reckon now? I don't. Th- I've, I've said what I reckon should happen because I think what. No, what should happen? What do you think is going to happen? Truthfully, what do you think is going to happen? Honestly, yeah. Right. This is where I'm at. Because the world has changed slightly since this WBC order came out. People are expecting now for them to go, Wilder Fury 2, it's happening in One happen. One happen. I don't think so either. So Wilder Fury 2 will not happen yet. I think it will happen at some point, but I don't think it will happen yet. I just have a feeling, you know what these promoters are like, especially Eddie. They love swinging the dicks about, don't they? I've just got a feeling that Eddie is going to pull a rabbit out of the bag for April, you know. I think we're going to get AJ Deontay Wilder. For April. I think we're going to, I just have a feeling that we're going to get it. And then we'll have an undisputed champion. We'll probably get a rematch off the back of that. And then this time next year, the winner of first one, second one, whatever, whoever is the undisputed champion, then we'll be talking about a Fury fight. That's where I'm at. I just think that draw, even though it was a bullshit decision, I just think that draw positions the heavyweight division now in a, in a place where us as fans are going to get fights quicker than we first anticipated. I think we're going to get bigger fights because AJ has to get in the mix now. Fans aren't going to sit there now in April. No offence to anybody that he fights. Let's say that the front runner is Dillian White, right? So that's the front runner. Fans will be on board a bit, but they won't be on board as much as they should be because of what we've just seen with Wilder Fury. We've just seen, allegedly, the best against the best. They put on a wonderful show. There's a bit of controversy in there. We've seen an absolute firecracker. Fans who are not in on the boxing game are going to be looking at Anthony Joshua saying, well, why aren't you fighting these guys? Of course. Why aren't you in on this mix? If that goes for a full 12 months now, it, it, it'll, it'll be cat- catastrophic for him. He has to get in that mix this year. And I think Eddie knows that now. And I think, I genuinely think that there will be something, I think we might get the Deontay Wilder fight in April. Yeah, I think we've got to. I think it's imperative he fights, he fights Anthony Joshua in April, both for Wilder and for Anthony Joshua. From Wilder's point of view, if you, if you think about it, Wilder now, having been in with Fury, because I think they took the Fury fight, it's a name, he's going to be nowhere near where he's at with, when, he, when he beat Klitschko. I'll absolutely mow him out, and then I, I'm the lineal champion, WBC champion. My position, leverage-wise, when it comes to a negotiation with Anthony Joshua goes up, and therefore we can hopefully get that fight on. That hasn't happened, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm Wilder now, I'm thinking, fuck that. I don't want anything to do with Tyson Fury yet, mate, because yeah. this geezer could genuinely take my belt off me. Yeah. And if I get my belt taken off me, I ain't got any I leverage lose, whatsoever. I lose that 50 million. I ain't going to get whatever. that AJ fight. So let's do the AJ fight now, because if I'm Wilder, I think, I know I can punch. Yeah. And I fancy myself in a gun show with AJ. Yeah, yeah. So let's do it. Let's let's take a reduced fee, whatever it may be, that reduced percentage. Let's, let's get 50-50 out the head. Let's go with 60-40. Take the fight. Do him in a gun show. Get, and obviously there'll be a re- rematch then. Hopefully do him in a rematch, and then you set up a super, super, super fight for the undisputed championship of the world with Tyson Fury. That's what I'd be doing. And you've got all the belts. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing if I were if Deontay Wilder, then it's all it, that that's how I would want to na- navigate my career now over the next twelve months. So do you think now that the let's say for argument's sake, because Eddie was trying to get Deontay to sign on dotted line before the Fury fight, wasn't yeah. he? We know that. So do you think Eddie here now is offering more money or less money? to Deontay Wilder to fight AJ in April than he did prior to Fury. I think he's offered the same deal. I think he'll have gone there with the same deal. He said, listen, your position's not changed. You're still the WBC champion. You don't want anything to do with that. Come and fight him. 
will do more money, and they will do more money, because they'll do it in the UK, they'll do it in front of 90,000 at Wembley, as we already know, and obviously there'll be more pay-per-view buys at obviously a lesser rate. I think we'll get charged a little bit more for that fight, that we'll get charged 25 quid rather than 20 quid, so therefore there'll be some catastrophic money on the table. The zone will obviously weigh in, in big America, time for yeah. that. Um, and I just think it makes perfect business sense now for Deontay Wilder to take that fight now at a 60-40 split. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think Eddie now needs to... Do you think he needs to offer him more dough? I think he needs to pay Fury more. Okay. Because... Uh, Wilder more. Wilder more, sorry. I think AJ getting all the belts now is imperative before Fury takes the belt off Wilder. And I think Fury taking the belt off Wilder, if he thinks it's hard to negotiate now with the likes (laughs) of Shelley Finkel and stuff... Wait till you get in with Fury. Wait until you get in with Fury and Frank. Because once they've got that WBC belt, Frank will be like, yeah, it's a 70-30, boys. And you know which way the 70-30 goes because you've only got them belts because my guy gave them up. Yeah, yeah. So any of this 50-50 talk, you may as well take 50-50 now with Wilder because if you win it, the 70-30 split with with Fury means that AJ's going to lose money in the long run. It's imperative now for AJ to get them belts and get them belts quick. And I think him, them going in and going, listen, you need this fight. We need this fight. Let's fuck Fury and Warren off quick. Let's make a shitload of money. And I think the only way he pushed it over the line is by giving Wilder ultimately what he wants, which is 50-50. Mm-hmm. And just go, let's do 50-50, then fuck it. Because the bigger picture here is that if AJ can control all the belts, yeah. then he controls the whole negotiation process with Fury. Because then they can turn around and go, right, what, Deontay Wilder's gone. I'm the man now. Come to the table, Tyson Fury. Here's mm. your 20%. And bear in mind, Tyson Fury isn't a mandatory challenger anywhere. No. This is, this is a, the but first... But is he not mandatory now for the WBC? He must be. No. It's just, just ordered the because they were un, because they were unhappy with the result. That's why it's been given the thumbs up. Dominic Brazil's still the the WBC number one. But if the WBC are saying we're unhappy with the results, clearly, like the rest of us, they think Fury won. Right. So the WBC now must rank Fury as number one. They, he must jump above Brazil. I haven't seen the official WBCs. I've seen the Ring magazine. Ring magazine have put him in at number two. I know, but whatever. The Golden Boy magazine. Listen, gives a fuck what the thing is, Deontay Wilder. Like we've just said, Deontay Wilder, AJ. I think they need both sides need to make that fight next. Yes, and then if AJ wins it, then he's in a, a position where he doesn't have to fight Fury straight away. Because exactly. let's be straight, Fury beats them all. Yeah, That's where I'm at with it. Me too. Fury beats them all. Yeah. You want to stay away from that shit as quick as you can, mate. <laughs> right. Right. So if you're Agreed. AJ, you need to knock Wilder out quick. Yeah. And then I'm sure there'll be a rematch thing in there. Well, that's when Dillian White comes in then. Right. Dillian's now, oh, I can't keep avoiding Dillian. Let's do the Dillian right. fight. Then you put that fucking the, division on ice for about 12 then the months. Beauty is of it is, the beauty of it is then, you see, by beating, by them announcing AJ Wilder, everyone forgets about Fury again. Uh, yeah, they do. Fury goes on the back of everyone's mind. They do. It's like, oh, oh, here we go. This is it. The this is show. the top show. This, this is, is the Whoever one. wins this is the number one. And suddenly in the public eye, we all forget that Fury's just beat Wilder. We all forget about it because all the belts on the line, the PR machine goes into full effect. Sky Sports are like, the biggest heavyweight fight in the history of boxing. Nah. And we're all like, Woo! Yeah, I'm on board! And Phil Tyson's outside <laughs> going, fucking hell, boys, what about me? But that's what they need to do. Take the focus back away off Tyson Fury and put it back on Anthony Joshua. But if they go, oh, uh, yeah, we're going to do Dillian White rematch, everyone goes, don't give a fuck. When are we getting Wilder Fury 2, boys? That's it. Every fan will do that. 
No one will care. I don't even think White 2 sells out Wembley. It doesn't. Well, the first, Not at all. The no last one's fight didn't. The last fight, Povetkin, Povetkin didn't. didn't. Of course, because fans now were aware that there's three top, top heavyweights. And, and it's it's shit on Dillian White because he's the wrong below. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's three top heavyweights of this era right now active today. And for AJ and to and fight, they're all fascinating matches. Exactly, because they're all completely different types of fighters, completely different types of styles, completely different type of personalities. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so amazing. Eddie has got to be there now. Going, listen, let's get it done. They need to just bite the bullet and go. Fuck this seventy thirty thing we're talking about. Fuck it. Let's just do fifty fifty then. Let's just do fifty fifty because the rewards of AJ beating. It's not even in beating Wilder because even if that fight becomes a draw. Then the rematch of that, it's pushing Fury out. Because once Fury's in, and now he's in, now Fury's at the front. Now Fury is the man. But we need, we, fucking hell. He needs, they you're, need you're to get, talking from a business point of view now. Eddie Hearn needs I don't to get want it. Tyson. I want Fury to fucking marmalise the lot me of them. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Is Tyson's the man? I want Tyson as the heavyweight, undisputed heavyweight champion. So do I. I want him to have There you go. There's no belt. bias on here. We're no. telling you exactly how it is. But if you're a businessman... Exactly. You don't want that. No, you don't. You need to get that fucker away. Because he's it. got nothing to do with your business. <laughs> he, he is, he's taking cheese off your table, mate. Mate, he ain't the, fo- he ain't the reason why the zone are giving you four billion quid <laughs> at all. So you need to get him the fuck away from your golden goose. But the only way to do that is to go, fuck it, let's bite the bullet, let's give Wilder off this money because this is the bigger picture. And you know what? We talked about it last week. AJ needs to go, listen, I know you're all working for me. I know you're all doing the best for me, but this is my legacy. This is my life. Make the fight. Make the fucking fight. Because Lennox Lewis came out and said that, didn't he? He said, yeah, he did. AJ needs to take control and go, this is my life. This is my legacy. Because AJ's gone from walking down the streets, everyone patting him on the back, going, oh, I love you, AJ. I love you, AJ. To now everyone going, oh, Tyson Fury. He must be walking around going, what the fuck? <laughs> Never even thought Tyson Fury. Everyone's going, well, Tyson Fury's the best, isn't he? If it wasn't for Tyson Fury. <laughs> So AJ's gone from being the fucking king of the hill to being like some... And, it's, and he, hasn't done anything. he hasn't even lost the fight. He knocked out the last guy. Exactly. <laughs> Mad. But brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Brilliant. This is what happens when Tyson comes back in the mix, you see. It's going to be interesting. This next couple of months is going to be well interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, an announcement of the next three to four weeks. Start of the year. Nice fat announcement. There you go, boys. Yeah. There's April. Chitter ching Absolutely. Sell out. Uh, this weekend, Madison Square Garden is the destination once again for another fight night. It is uh, Rocky from Stocky, who is the regular world champion, the WBA super middleweight regular champion, taking on one of the pound-for-pound pound best on the entire planet, who is himself daring to be great, stepping up to £168 for the first time, Canelo Alvarez. It is going to be some occasion. It's going to be some fight week. You know what it's like when Canelo's in town. The Mexicans are out. He is loaded. Mexican beef's out. He's... <laughs> He's a cheat. He's a cheat. (laughs) And I want to turn every fight disciple against Canelo Alvarez in time for this weekend because you know what? Once a drug cheat, always a drug cheat. That's the way I work, Adam Catchell. That's the way I work. He's tainted. It's not just his sandwiches that are tainted or his tacos. He's tainted. He's a tainted champion. I think everyone, everyone yeah. in the world yeah. who isn't Mexican yeah. should be wearing the Rocky Field and T-shirt this weekend. We should be supporting justice in this world. Is it the if he pulls it off, Rocky? Is it the greatest? When? If he pulls it off, when? Is it the greatest victory by a British fighter abroad of all time? 
Is it bigger than Lloyd Hunting and Donald Curry? No, it isn't, no. I, I don't think so. Because Canelo was moving up in weight, isn't he? Okay. Canelo was moving so up So Curry was the dominant force in his weight category. Obviously, Hunnigan's gone over their weight on a hiding to nothing and done the geezer that's knocking every man and his dog out, who's legitimate at that weight. Whereas Canelo's been knocking everybody out at weight categories below. Exactly. All right. But it's still some feat if he pulls this off, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, Curry was the champion, money. Yeah, yeah. But listen, it'll be a phenomenal, absolute, it will be a phenomenal knockout when it happens. I truly believe. I love I love how scouse you get. Look at you. Listen, we, we pride ourselves on being a biased set of fuckers, right? <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Pride ourselves on being biased. Listen, if you've tuned in here, if you've seen, right, that uh, everybody's talking about fight disciples, you thought, go on then, I'll get some balanced view on boxing. No, that's not how it is. No. This is two fellas in a pub. Tune into us elsewhere <laughs> no, on various when national we, radio stations or TV at, shows. That's it. When we're on the, uh, at somebody else's platform, we'll give you a bi- balanced view. When we're on our own platform, we just basically act like we're in the boozer and get a little bit carried away with exactly. ourselves. And that's what I'm saying about being a drug <laughs> cheat. The man's a proven <laughs> drug cheat. So we would be hypocrites if we now... Yeah. Start going, well, you know, he's, he's wearing a fucking pound for pound green. Fuck that. The man is a cheat, and the man deserves no respect from this show. So he will find no respect on this show. Yeah. And I truly hope, listen, his legacy is assured now. Number one Mexican boxer of this generation, biggest pay-per-view star in boxing right now, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get it. Bells, whistles, sound. His legacy is assured. This weekend, he's trying to do something that few Mexicans have even done, win a world title in a third weight division, an elite club. I think there's only about 10 of them or something like that. That's why he's doing it. He's handpicked Rocky Fielding because he believes... Because People are going, why the fuck isn't he fighting Calm Smith? I'll tell you why he's not fighting Calm Smith. Because he believes he can beat Rocky Fielding. He doesn't believe he can beat Calm Smith. He believes Rocky Fielding is a weak world champion. That's why he's chosen him. And that's why I want Rocky Fielding to knock him the fuck out. <laughs> Because the venom in your face when you just a, said that. There's a certain was, level of mate. disrespect involved here. <laughs> of Rocky Field and doing it the hard way, being a world champion. Listen, we took the Rocky the the Rocky story is the greatest story of all time. Of Probably the reason why most of us fell in love with boxing in the first place. Rocky comes from nothing. He works his way up the fucking hard way, fired, fighting Spider Rico on fucking small hall shows and all this shit. He get, comes from nothing. He gets the opportunity of a lifetime. In Rocky Field and saying that was prize fighter. He got on prize fighter. He went in and knocked everybody out. Every single person on prize fighter tournaments he knocked out to become prize fighter champion. Then he does it the hard way again. He goes back to British level, everything else. He fights Callum Smith in a massive derby in his hometown. Gets excited in the first round, gets starched in the first round. Then he gets cast aside and has to rebuild again, pretty much at domestic level. Then he goes to Germany to fight for a world championship belt against a multiple-time defending world champion. Germany, when everyone goes to Germany, you need to knock the fella out to get a draw. Rocky Fielding goes there, sparks Tyron Zuger out, becomes champion of the world. Still doesn't get the appreciation because it's not the WBA super belt. It's only the WBA belt, but he doesn't give a fuck. Then when the phone call comes in, will you fight Canelo the Cheat Alvarez? And he says, yes, I will fight Canelo Alvarez. Where are we doing it? We're doing it in Madison Square Garden, New York. And he takes that fight. This is Rocky Fielding's <laughs> biggest moment. And we as fight disciples need to get behind him, support him. Truth, justice, the American way, baby. <laughs> Go on, Rocky Ad! Do you think he can do it? I think midway through the sixth... (laughs) 
Midway through the sixth round, when he's climbed up off the canvas and he's saying, cut me, Jamie, cut me, Jamie, so we can see out of his left eye. When he comes back to knock Canelo out in the tenth round, it will be one of the greatest moments in British boxing history. Yes, he will do it. Yes, he will knock Canelo Alvarez out. And it will be phenomenal. It's the, it would. It's the win of the year if he does it, mate. I mean, come on, think about, think about, think about what you were saying. This is a kid, right, mm-hmm. that went in against Callum Smith and got startled in the in the headlights, didn't he? Yeah. And he got blown away in a round. Yes. He's he now did. fighting one of the greatest fighters on the planet, even yeah. though he is a dirty drug cheat and he loves his tacos. Yeah. This guy's legit. He's proper. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how, how do you become greater unless you dare to be great? People didn't say to Lloyd Dunnigan when he got on that flight, fucking hell, you're fighting Donald Curry, the undisputed world champion. You've got no chance, Lloyd. You've got no chance. In his heart of heart, he believed he would win, and he did win. And I think Jamie Moore has got a massive role to play this week. I think we can't look past the fact that Jamie Moore's camp is buzzing. He's, he's training alongside Frampton, world class. Tommy Cole's having a fucking performance of his life. Martin Murray's a win away from a world title again. They're all buzzing up there. And I think Rocky Fielding, in his head, Needs to believe he's going out there to defend his world. Ch- doesn't matter who the little ginger fella is across the ring. Doesn't matter what he's done before. Doesn't matter that he's a dirty drug cheat. He's got to go over there and believe in himself and believe that he can get the job done. He's got to impose himself. Of course he has. On, on a serious note now, regarding the fight. Yeah. He's bigger and he hits harder. Yeah. He's got to impose himself. He's got to give him something to think about early. He can't sit there and allow Canelo, as you've just said Someone before. Shots. Can't get into a rhythm. Canelo is fantastic defensively, but on the front foot, it's a weird way that he goes yeah. about his fighting. He's tremendous to watch. It's a, the thing with Canelo is, it's not just that, is it? Look at the first Golovkin fight. You know, it, yes, he lost it, but, you know, it was a draw. But he, he fought the fight on the back foot. Yeah. Then the second Golovkin fight, he beats Golovkin on the front foot. Yeah. He can do everything. Yeah, He's yeah. got everything. And this is the, you know, he is but a Rocky's got to give him superstar. something to think about. He's got exactly. to get on him and, and make it a little bit ugly. He has arseholes and elbows, throw everything at him, stand all over his feet, hit him with elbows, get, take a public warning. You know, so it's tough because, listen, we know what Canelo is. We know he's a superstar, but it's he's stepping into Rocky Fielding's world once it gets inside the ring. Can Rocky Fielding live in Canelo's world outside the ring? That's the problem. Fight week's mad. This week is going to be like nothing he's ever done Don't before. Don't get starstruck. Don't be in awe of it. But there'll be millions of Mex- thousands of Mexican fans in New York fucking on Rocky, you know, fucking abusing him because Canelo's a national hero. He's a superstar. Mm. Rocky will be getting shit off people for the first time in his life. People are going to be super negative. You know what I mean? If he, When he fought Callum Smith, that was probably the only time he's had any negativity really around the fight because he said when he went to Germany, there was about fucking 2,000 people in the sports centre. He said it was a joke. So he, he expected there to be all this fucking, oh, what's he, you know, oh, our guy's going to beat you and all. He's never had that. When he fought Callum Smith, it was kind of 50 50. It was a Merseyside yeah, yeah, derby. Yeah. So there might have been a bit of negativity, but it wasn't like everyone against you. I just think in New York, the Mexicans will turn out and force. This is the first time Alvarez has ever fought in New York as well. Mm. Certainly, well, he's since been a world. I think it's the first time in his career, actually. I just think the Mexicans will be out and force. Oh, fucking hell, Canelo in New York? I'm going. It'll be packed. It'll be ugly. It'll be horrible. Can Rocky Fielding survive the week to perform on Saturday night? Because if he can survive the week and enter that ring on Saturday night as confident and unaffected by it all as everything, I think he's got every chance to land a shot. Has he got a puncher's chance? Absolutely. Is it much more than that? Is he going to box Canelo's head off for 12 rounds? 
pro- highly unlikely, highly unlikely, but he's got that punch power, and he's also got the the ability because people look at Rocky Fielding. I believe fighters look at him and go, "He's not even that good." His footwork's weird. He throws, we- you know, he's he's unconventional. Yeah, you know, he's he's a little bit upright, and I think they look at him and go, "Fuck yeah, I fancy that job." And then when they get in there, they realize he can fucking whack, absolutely whack. It's going to be tough, and he's going to have to go the well. But if you don't fucking believe, what are we doing this for? Good point. On the undercard, um, Tevin Farmer's back in action against Francisco Fonseca. Uh, Fonseca can do a bit, but he got he, he lost to Javonta Davis, so I would fully expect Tevin Farmer to come through that. Hopefully he's not taking his eyes off the prize, because I would like to see Tevin Farmer over here in the UK. We might not get to see it with him having a, a Matchroom USA The Zone uh, deal now. Yeah. Uh, but there's talk of him maybe uh, stepping in with John O'Carroll, who was fighting at the weekend. That was an eliminator for his fight. I know it was a draw, but hopefully we'll get to see that at some point. Anyway, uh, David Lemieux, Katie Taylor and Saddam Ali. Uh, remember Saddam Ali, a man that Liam Smith should have fought ages yeah. ago when he was the WBO champion. Uh, super welterweight. These guys are all on the undercard as well. So it's an action packed. Uh, have we got any, uh, we got any odds this week from our William Hill betting partner? Well, what are you picking? Are you picking them? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one from the undercard here. Or are you uh, are you not going on the main event? The Fuck ma- yeah! Give me the main event. Oh. Get me the main event out. <laughs> Get me the main event odds right now for a fucking it knockout is. for Rocky. Rocky from Stocky climbing up off the canvas to win by knockout. Come on! Listen for people that uh, listen to the show on a regular basis. You'll know that we are in partnership with William Hill. William Hill will not be beaten in round betting. All right. In round betting. So what what round do you think Rocky Fielding's going to get this done? This is fucking mad prices. Absolutely crazy mad prices. Go for it, son. Rocky Fielding in 9 or 10. What? If Rocky Fielding knocks out Sol Canelo Alvarez in round 9, William Hill will give you 80 to 1. Fuck me. That's... 80 to 1. If he does it in round 10, they will give you 100 to 1. These are yes. our betting partners. We are not going to be beaten in round betting. So if you think, well he thinks, Rocky Fielding is going to pull this off. Round 9 is uh, 80 to 1. Round 10 is 100 to 1. Nice. What will you give me on a Fonseca, Rocky Fielding, David Lemieux treble knockout, please? All three by knockout. Fucking hell. What are you? What have you been smoking, you? This is going to be a mad, mad price, right? So Rocky feeling just a win by knockout in general, yeah, is twelve to one. Well, that's free money. <laughs> that's free money right there. Fonseca by knockout. What's that? Um, what are you on there? What are you? <laughs> free money for Christmas. There you go. Merry Christmas, says Santa. William Hill haven't got that fight up as of yet. They will have it later on in the, in the week. But you're going to go what, Fonseca? Fonseca by knockout, yeah. I fancy Fonseca to cause an upset here. Tevin Farmer's, uh, you know, he's he had to do it the hard way to become world champion. I just don't think he punches anywhere near hard enough and Fonseca puts people a kip. So uh, I really do fancy Fonseca to cause a bit of an upset here. And David Lemieux, obviously, whacks and David like a Lemieux, And David Lemieux, obviously, uh, is still on a bit of a, a comeback trail. So... Mm-hmm. Um, they're my three knockouts. Three knockout treble. Rocky Fielding. Yeah, baby! Just a win by knockout in general is 12 to 1. 100 to 1 for a 10th round knockout. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, my tip of uh, Sol Alvarez in the sixth round is 8 to 1. 
just leave it at that. Scumbag. Uh, Sonny Edwards. Before we, be- quickly, before we move on, I've got another card. Just to I know, yeah. I'm just on this card as well. Got Keep an eye out because he will be high up the card. He'll probably be a floater amongst all these world titles. But if you tune in the weekend, which of course we all are, uh, to see Rocky Field and knock out Sol Alvarez. But Ryan Garcia, the super featherweight uh, superstar, he's, not, he's still only a baby. He looks about 12. I think he's just turned 20. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, unbeaten in 16, 13 knockouts. Absolutely the future of Mexican boxing. They call him the baby De La Hoya. Mm. Keep an eye out for Ryan Garcia on Saturday night. He's fucking mustard. Mm. Uh, Sonny Edwards is in action this weekend for a European title. He's taking on Junior Granados. I fully anticipate. It's not, a, it's not the European title. No, it's a version it's a of it. WBO. The, is that what it is? Yeah, uh, <laughs> So anyway, I fully anticipate Sonny Edwards to come through that. Yeah. Uh, Dubois versus Razvan is a, an interesting fight because Razvan's been in with Parker. He's been in with Ortiz. Don't get me wrong, he's lost to both of those guys, but it's a nice little test. Didn't he go the distance with fucking Parker, though? Mm, he yeah, got he blew out by Ortiz, but he went the distance with Parker. So mm. if Dubois can get him out of there... It's a bit of a statement. Mm. Uh, and Josie Parker himself is actually back in action this weekend. He's fighting uh, Alexander Flores. Um, don't get too excited because uh, Alexander Flores was once knocked out by Charles Martin. So I fully anticipate <laughs> Josie Parker. Uh, it might be a blink. Don't blink in there. Uh, it'll be quick, quickly I see, over. I've seen a belter this week. Have you seen the meme of Snoop Dogg hitting pads? Oh, my <laughs> days! It's the greatest thing in the world. It's fucking terrible. I reckon I could do Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I reckon I could take him. Mate, my nan could fucking do Snoop Dogg. She's six feet under. S- Snoop Dogg on pads is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Quick, innit? He's quick. <laughs> I watched it and I thought, fucking hell, it's like, it's like Ronda Rousey's back. <laughs> Clueless. But the best is, I'd seen it. And I was I'm, I flicked through the comments. <laughs> Someone put, oh, Charles Martin's on the way back. <laughs> I'm like, oh dear, oh dear, Snoop Dogg. Uh, thank you very boy. much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can uh, subscribe to this on iTunes. Just search Fight Disciples, and you can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.